You are listening to the Explore the Bible Students Leader Training Podcast, where we take a closer look at each session and prepare you, the leader, to teach the Bible and point students to Christ. Hey, Drew Dixon, editor of Explore the Bible Students, back with you to continue our spring study of the second half of Luke's Gospel, and we find ourselves now in session six, which covers Luke 19, 29 through 40, and it's titled The Humble King. Our central truth is Jesus is a humble king and is worthy of our worship and praise. Um, this is a remarkable story. Again, now we're back kind of on just our, our normal course, back studying Luke's gospel after taking a, a, a detour a little bit from the timeline of Luke's gospel to talk about the resurrection on Easter Sunday. Um, now we're back, uh, back, in, back in Luke 19. And this is a beautiful story, a uh, really remarkable story, in that Jesus is very much embracing his identity as king. There's been this hope all along as Jesus began his earthly ministry that he was the long-awaited king, the Messiah, the one that would uh, that would reign forever out of, from the line of David. That's who everybody wanted him to be. Um, and in fact, Jesus' Jesus' earthly ministry was uh, kind of punctuated by these moments where Jesus refuses to fully embrace that role in the sense of like he had to run away from crowds and hide from people because they wanted to march him into Jerusalem. Um, and he most of his earthly ministry was outside of Jerusalem in Galilee, right? And now he's finally entering into this symbolic place that was the center of Jewish um, religion and power, even though there's not much power in terms of, of Israel right now. Uh, because they're under Roman rule. But but that was the hope, that when Jesus came to Jerusalem, that he would do what? He would start uh, taking names, <laughs> right? That he would start um, taking over and getting rid of Rome and start the revolt against Rome. Uh, that was the big hope. And he very much goes into Jerusalem in a very kingly way. Um, he has this whole kind of weird story where he tells his disciples to go find this cult of a donkey. Um, but the fact that he comes in on the cult of a donkey is interesting because what do you imagine a king to ride into the center of power on? Um, you imagine him to ride in on a stallion or or maybe in, in the ancient world like an elephant or something, but some sort of regal creature in, in the most dramatic, beautiful way possible. You, you expect trumpets to be blowing, but nobody had trumpets to blow. You expect a red carpet to be rolled out, but nobody had a red carpet. So people threw their cloaks, uh, their coats on the ground to make a makeshift red carpet for him. And people were waving pr- palm branches saying, Hosanna, which is like kind of like a, a way of, of welcoming in a king into his seat of power. And um, But yet Jesus is clearly embracing this role as king, but he's doing it in a really humble way. And so Jesus, though he's king, he's humble, which is not a way that almost any person in power ever, ever acts. I mean, yes, there have been good leaders and good kings that were kind of good, but we, but they, but power gets to everybody's head on some level. Even the best leaders and kings that we've had in the history, in human history, um, have moments of deep arrogance and times when they abuse their power for their own selfish gain. And Jesus is a king who's worthy of all of our worship and praise, all of our, all of the praise that could be leveled at him. And that's what people are doing in this passage. They're worshiping, worshiping Jesus, which is something you don't do. You don't worship people unless 
unless that person is cut in human flesh, right? Um, so the fact that he doesn't reject the worship that is lobbied at him tells us that Jesus isn't just a human being. Yes, he's fully human, but he's also God. But this this man who's worthy of worship and praise, um, this, this God in human flesh, right? The God-man Jesus um, is also humble, which tells us something about how God wants us to live. If the God of the universe enters into our world in a humble way and relates to us and invites us into a relationship with him, then how should we carry ourselves? Um, while riding on the donkey communicated Jesus' humility, uh, there's another message communicated by Jesus riding on the donkey. Jesus' entry into Jerusalem on the back of a donkey was a deliberate display of Israel's king coming with God's offer of peace. He was the son of David, chosen to sit on David's throne. He was the one of whom the prophet Zechariah had sworn and spoken in Zechariah 9. Yet he was. Yet there, it was no small irony that the people, by using palm branches in their celebration, were heralding Jesus as king. Not the humble shepherd king he was portraying himself as. So this is kind of a picture of like what we see about Jesus in Revelation, that he is both lion and lamb, that he is this majestic, fearful, uh, powerful creature, and yet he is also the lamb that was slain, and he willingly gives himself up for our salvation, embraces the cross for the joy set before him. Um, so want to point your attention to um, to a key question found in the Leader Guide on, on page um 60, it's question number seven. It says, what did Jesus' response communicate about who he is and what he came to do? While the crowd was praising Jesus and, and worshiping him and loudly celebrating, um, some of the Pharisees had a very different response to Jesus. They wanted his disciples to, re- uh, they wanted Jesus to rebuke his disciples because he's being worshiped by them, right? But he responded that the stones would cry out if the crowd was silent. Um, and that tells us that Jesus is worthy of worship because he's a humble king, because of the way he pursues his kingship and exercises his kingship. And we could just look all over Luke's gospel, but the story of, you know, the parable of the, the Good Samaritan or the parable of the prodigal son, Jesus exercises his kingship by acts of great love and sacrifice and and giving and giving and giving of himself. And that's a picture of the new life that's available to us in Christ. We can be uh, vessels of his love, his mercy, his justice, his kindness in the world under his power. Uh, Let's embrace that new role. Uh, Let's look for ways to encourage our students to embrace their uh, call to spread that love, to spread that justice and mercy, uh, to spread the good news about Jesus to the people around us. Well, that's it for me for session six. Uh, We'll see you again next week for Session 7. But before I go, I do want to remind you that this week, Session 6, is an opportunity for you to show the second of two animated videos that we have in the Explore the Bible Students animated video bundle. And this one is an overview of Luke uh, 19 through through 24 through the end of the book. And it's really good. It's really cool. Um, I, I think it would be a really great way to sort of help your students get a big picture idea of what's going on in Luke's gospel and why it's good news. We'll see you again next week for our study of session seven. Thank you for listening to the Explore the Bible Students Leader Training Podcast, where we equip you, the leader, to teach the Bible and point students to Christ. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, or Spotify. You can also find the podcast on ministrygrid.com. 